Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, the podcast designed to grow young ministers. We interrupt this regularly scheduled broadcast to bring you a very special message. Happy birthday, Nigel. Once a year we celebrate with stupid hats and plastic plates The fact that you were able to make another trip around the sun And the whole clan gathers round and gifts and laughter do abound And we let out a joyful sound and sing that stupid song Happy birthday! Now you're one year older Happy birthday! Your life still isn't over Happy birthday! You did not accomplish much But you didn't die this year, I guess that's good enough Let's keep to your fading health and hope you don't remind yourself Your chance of finding fame and wealth decrease with every year Does it feel like you're doing laps and eating food and taking naps And hoping that someday perhaps your life will hold some cheer Happy birthday! What have you done that matters? Happy birthday! You're starting to get fatter Happy birthday! It's downhill from now on Try not to remind yourself your best years are all gone This is Tim Lucas, and with me today, as always, in our grand studios in virtual land, is Nigel Ali and Ryan Goff. How's it going, guys? It's going hey, man, good. it's going all right. How about you? Good for me. Late. I'm used to being like the early guy over on the West Coast, and now I am no longer on the <laughs> West Coast. <laughs> Nigel's not the late guy anymore. It's you. No, yeah. Oh, man, I feel, I feel really bad. I really do. <laughs> no, I don't feel bad, but if I start slurring my words or maybe start speaking nonsense, gibberish, um, <laughs> yeah, you'll understand why. It's And not to mention the usual technical difficulties, which always start our episodes. Um, it wouldn't so, be an episode if we didn't have technical difficulties. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, we're going to try a somewhat new format. We don't have a topic. That's kind of the thing. We're going to start just kind of having an idea what we're going to talk about, but have no preparation and let it be a little more free-flowing conversation. Um, there's a few of you I've kind of polled and talked to, and it sounds like the conversation is what you really enjoy. So we're going to try to accentuate that and see how it goes. Um, if you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. And we're just trying this, so don't give up on us. If you can't stand it, let us know, and then we'll change it back. Um, also, I have to apologize that it's been so long since there's been an episode. Part of that was um, last-minute speed packing and shoving things in the truck. I mean, it literally, I should have taken a picture. It was packed to the brim, top wow. and back. I, wow. Like, every time I opened the door, I had to push stuff in. So, and I, I waited to last minute to do all that. Um, so that's part of it. Plus, then a 10-day drive. Plus, now unpacking stuff and also preparing you know, lessons and sermons for like every single service we have right now. So yes, I'm just, I'm just making hearing, excuses. I'm, I'm hearing like this grand wah, wah, line wah. excuses. <laughs> Welcome yes, um, to the world of pastoring. <laughs> and if that's not enough, on top of all that, our website is down again. This time it said the host says it's suspended. I don't even know what that means. They haven't replied to my... I just saw that. I haven't even been on our website lately because I've been so busy. Um, but I just saw that. And so I contacted their customers for it. So we'll see. If you're hearing this, that means I fixed it. Yay. Do we owe money or what? Uh, no. it's I checked that. And the host is good through October. Huh. And the domain name is good through June. So I don't even know what's going on. But um, we'll figure it out eventually, I'm sure. The wording actually, well, I'm not going to go into the details. Nobody cares about that. Um, tell us tell us more about your trip, man, to uh, okay. going So down. the trip was awesome. We uh, kind of took the scenic route. Also, having kids, we stopped a lot more than we usually would have. Uh, our plan was to stop for 30 minutes every two to two and a half hours. And we did pretty good on not stopping more than every two and two and a half hours but we did not keep it to 30 minutes and so we just i mean it was like we were behind the eight ball from the beginning i'm sure we actually left two kids you just get out it just makes it longer you know yes 
uh, Charlie is still nursing. And so like when she has to nurse, she has to nurse and we just sit there, you know, it's not like, uh, like, I don't know, some people may, but we don't, Ameda doesn't feed the baby while she drives. I don't know. Maybe that's a unique thing. <laughs> uh, maybe in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Did that. <laughs> um, so, and then also we actually got on the road 10 hours after we had originally planned. Um, so we skipped going to the Grand Canyon. I'd mentioned that, I think, in the last episode. I'm not sure. Um, we had planned on visiting the Grand Canyon, skipped that, and made up time there. Um, really tried to get out early and then kind of drive late a few times and, and did that. Uh, drove over the Rockies, Continental Divide, and uh, the truck did great. Uh, it was a little nerve-wracking for a meta with the pretty tight you know, roads and turns and and uh it was uh it was there snow on the on the sides and everything pretty cool i saw elk like five no more than four or five feet from the truck as i drove wow. by wow I, i've seen them before but it's just every time i see them it's like i forgot how massive they are yeah. compared to mm. deer um and then we drove you know on across nebraska and and it was nice. I got to see some friends that I would known since I was like six in Japan who are now in Colorado. So we stayed with them and had breakfast. So that was nice. Spent time in Minnesota, which, man, that it was so good to be back in Minnesota and see our alma mater, ABI. Is Unfortunately, and I hear you got to preach, man. I did. That is I did get awesome. to preach. And... Um, you know, it's funny. The Lord, I feel like, felt like kept me from preaching nearly as structured of a message as I would have liked to. But I realized afterward that I think it was because I had, it was, I just had a little bit of pride that kind of wanted to show off preaching, you know. Um, I, it was very well received. Um, I think it accomplished, like it spiritually, it, it went well. But um, it cer- certainly wasn't like what I would consider my uh, best sermonizing, if you will. Um, and I just, it didn't take long. I got over it and I was fine with it. Um, actually it's interesting. So I don't know if you guys know, there's a guy there by the name of brother Bowman. Now, Timothy yeah. Bowman. Bowman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was actually one of my teachers at gateway. Oh, um, wow. So yeah. Huh. So that was interesting to see him. He was like, "Oh, you're you're still you're still in church." You, <laughs> yeah, I was you say. made it somehow. Oh, no, I'm just still, how did, yeah, um, no, he 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 it was funny. After the sermon, he came over. He's like, "That's a pretty good sermon," or something like that. It was so funny. Well, he's so like just dry and to the point. Yes. You know? it, so yeah, it was kind of nice. To see, it was nice to see him and see everybody. The church, man, I love that church. I yes. I just I love that church. I'm not just saying it. I love the school. Love the church. I'm so excited for for what God's doing there and going to do. Did you see um, Brother Poe? I didn't because so we were there uh, through Monday. He was supposed to be starting class Monday. Well, they forgot to tell me he wasn't actually flying in till Monday evening. Oh, so yeah, I know. I was very bummed about that, but it is what it is. And then drove on down to um, to Illinois to a little town called Pinckneyville. It used to be about 3,500 people. Um, now the population is 5,500 because they petitioned and got the state to build a state penitentiary inside the city limits, and those 2,000 <laughs> prisoners count as residents. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, so now it's 5,500 people. That's the best people. one I've heard. <laughs> oh, I know. It's great. What? The tax money. You get taxes based on... Um, you know, oh, the state tax for that city, man. All the spirits are going there. <laughs> oh, no, man. no, it's a. I love. It. I I like it there. My grandma, so good to see her, and uh, you know she got to see her great grandbaby for the first time, who is named after her, Charlotte. Aww. Her name is Charlotte. So, um, that was cool. And then the pastor, I love the pastor. He is a book lover. Like I, it's almost his. Like if you see his library. He has like re- old, old books and Bibles, and his library is amazing. Like, um, yeah. Well, anyways, next time I'll take pictures. But uh, so that was cool. I got to see him. He gave me a couple of his duplicate books, and he knows I like books and stuff too. And then we drove on over and uh, pulled into town Thursday. Thankfully, we had already got an apartment. To um, the Lord, absolute miracle. We had been praying for a while you know, what kind of we wanted. And 
Uh, I mean, we had checked every single thing you could find online. The city here, by the way, for those of you who haven't heard, is Defiance. That's where we live now. And um, it's Northwest Ohio, 18,000 people, county seat. So it serves about, I think, 40,000 or so is in the county. So it has a lot of amenities and all that. But I mean, we had checked everything on Craigslist, on Facebook, everywhere we could find that was listed for rent. And it was like, as soon as they found out we were from out of town, you know, they were just more interested in talking to someone in town. So we just, I mean, we're not finding anything. And I just felt uh, one morning say, hey, I told my wife, I was like, hey, honey, let's pray that the Lord will put us somewhere, even if it doesn't meet all the things we've asked for, including like, you know, three bedrooms we can have guests and... Uh, backyard and things like that. Like, even if we don't get that, that we can win our neighbor and, uh, or at least one of our neighbors. And so I texted her that, uh, she was still asleep. That was back when I was waking up at like four 30 to go to work. So she woke up, got the text, sent back like, okay, sounds good. Well then that morning was just crazy with the kids. So she didn't pray. Well then she went, she left her phone and went to change Judah. And by the time she came back and so while, Oh, while she was changing Judah, she was like, Lord, you know, we really want to win our neighbors. Give us a place we can win our neighbors. Like that was the first time she prayed it, went back out and she had missed a call from like the last place we were trying, we wanted to rent and um, saying, Hey, do you want to rent this place? And I mean, like, you know, every time we would give them a piece of documentation or something, it's like the lady was like, okay, the next step. And she was like almost more excited for us to get it than we were, you know, to, to get it. And then finally, when we, when we were toward, you know, at the end where we need to deposit, we were like, well, we, you know, we'll mail it to you. She's like, well, if you could, cause you have somebody in town, bring it over and then you pay them back. She's like, because I have a lot of people that are wanting this. I haven't even called back cause I, and I, cause I want to tell them it's rented, but I need the money to be able to say that. And so, you know, she just really wanted us to have it. And so, man, I just absolutely feel like it was an answer to prayer. Um, because we tapped into praying what the Lord wanted us to pray. Um, and so I learned you, a valuable lesson in that. Oh, go ahead. Did you get what you were looking for? Or? Oh, yeah. The yard is huge. Three bedroom, two bath. Um, kitchen's bigger for a mede. I don't remember everything she asked for. Most of the things on our list were, were things she wanted. Praise I God. don't, That's good. yeah, I don't think anything's missing that she had asked for. That is awesome. Um, and so we love it here. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about you guys, Easter? How did your Easter go? Man, it went fantastic. We were in the process of transitioning our base uh, to a different location. So uh, we stayed home for that weekend. We were supposed to go to Oklahoma, but we we kind of postponed that to a, a different time and uh, stayed home. Fantastic service. We We thank God for... What he's doing everywhere, and uh, this weekend we are going to Houston, a place oh, cool. called Arascosia, humble, humble Texas, and we'll be there. Oh, yeah, we'll be there for morning and evening service, and then we'll take a little mini vacation for the family and just check out. Yeah, just just need that time, I guess. We haven't oh, yeah. we haven't done it for a while. It seemed like. But uh, yeah, other than that, it has been just fantastic. So you said, so uh, the revivals, are you preaching revival service then this next weekend? Or are you kind of just doing like a Sunday? No, revival. Evangelical. Uh, oh, okay. Revival weekend. And uh, yeah, the pastor wants move of God, Holy Ghost, um, signs, wonders, miracles. So, Right. I think you meant evangelistic, not evangelical. <laughs> How did I say? <laughs> you said you're evangelical. Me, you're making me charismatic, man. Yeah, you know, evangelical is like. Can not you just edit that out? <laughs> no, no, I'm not editing that out. Oh, that's funny. Like uh, uh, you know, you know what I meant. No, I trying. did. I did. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, I was talking to Brother Stonking, and we were t- I'm trying to get myself uh, become an LLC. You know, what I mean, try to limited liability something corporation or whatever it is limited liability and uh, i told him well he said what other names have you thought i said well how how does uh, hope ministries think he said 
have you become uh, charismatic? Where did you get this? He said, where did you get that name? <laughs> he, said, he said, put some kind of apostolic or something. <laughs> that sounds so charismatic. I was like, okay. I think it needs to have something about Prince Ali in there. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, well, let's move evangelical. <laughs> How about your, your church, uh, Ryan? Yeah, so I was actually down in Medford visiting family for the weekend. We were uh, had drove down on Friday, and then it seems to always happen uh, when you have kids, and thankfully it didn't seem to happen for you guys when you were traveling, but one of my kids always gets sick. Oh, it's inevitable. Oh, man. And so poor little Asher uh, got a pretty, got a high fever uh, Saturday, and it wasn't it wasn't funny, but the timing of it was just kind of it just seemed like that's just how it was going to go because we went to church on Sunday. I went with my mom, uh, and I took Silas and Janine stayed home with Asher and Micah. And then the plan was to go to my original church uh, that I was raised in, Emmanuel Temple, Sunday night, and my mom was going to watch Asher. So we get there. Uh, church is just getting ready to start. I had just texted my mom and said, Hey, how's everything going? Like five minutes later, I get a phone call from my stepdad. I'm like, what in the world? What does he call me for? He calls me. He's like, yeah, Asher just puked, uh, all over the, all over the love seat. Um, so he seems to be acting fine. So he, I thought, I figured he'd be okay. We could stay for service. So we were in service. We were worshiping. Uh, we had the worship service. Uh, they do testimonies and they had me lead testimony. So I went up, got to talk and hear from other people. And, uh, right as, I, right as he's about to preach, my mom's like, you need to come home now. He's getting kind of upset. So I just felt so bad. Cause it's a little, ch- it's a small church. I mean, there was probably like, I don't know, 10 to 15 people there. And, and I had, you know, we had four. It was myself and Silas and Janine and Micah. And so everybody, you know, we basically said goodbye to everybody and kind of like interrupted their preaching. Oh. It was, uh, oh, it was kind of funny. And then one one other thing that happened. Uh, so Sunday morning, when we went to uh, Josh Van Dievener's church. He would actually be a really good person to have on here, just because he's so he's he's very lively and uh, very he he just has a good conversation. But before church. When he knew I was going to be there, he said, all right, I'm going to uh, have you come up and just say something. And I told him, you know, you don't need to do that. It's fine. Whatever. So church is going and he, you know, says, oh, it's good to have Ryan Goff here uh, with his mom. And uh, he's like, he'll be coming up a little bit later just to to greet greet you guys. Um, So church gets going. Easter, you know, the celebration uh, worship's going. Move of God. He does a special song and then uh, starts into his message. And I was like thinking to myself, oh, okay, good. I don't have to get up. I, I didn't really want to get up and say anything. You know, it's kind of awkward just to go all the way up there just to say, you know, hi. In the back of my mind, I'm trying to think of something to say, you know, that would like. So he's so he he's in the middle of preaching. He was like maybe 10 minutes oh, into his sermon. No. And he's down in the, he's walking through the aisle and he sees me and he's like, Oh, right. I forgot to have you say something. Why don't you stand up and say something? Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks, uh, Pastor. You're, you're pretty good at uh, making things awkward for me. I appreciate that. That's how I like my conversations. Um, but it, it was a good service and all. Uh, we, we, had a, um, we had a good time. Um, I was going to say, though, I... I don't know if we talked last youth convention had happened. I, I don't think it had when we when we recorded last. <clears throat> but uh Brother Tuttle, I think he's from Texas. You might uh, yeah. do you know Brother Tuttle? I I've heard of him but I've not okay. uh, you know, acquainted with uh, him. so he, he preached uh and preached some awesome messages. It was it was a mighty move of God and just God really convicted me and I, I thought it might be a good little thing to talk about just because I was I'm technically the youth pastor of Living Waters Fellowship. Uh, that's what Dallas had asked me to do uh, was one of the things when we came. And just to be honest, just to be honest and transparent, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. Um, I just didn't really feel like, I, I just, I didn't really accept that. 
and I kind of basically let it fall by the wayside. And man, God really convicted me about that at youth convention. Um, we only had a couple people there. I guess I, I don't know if I felt like I was above that and that that was a huge detriment to me and to, and more importantly to the youth. Um, I just didn't take it quite as serious as I should have. And we don't really have much youth to begin with. Uh, and I've done nothing to try to improve that. And it's kind of embarrassing to talk, to mention it, you know, it, when you're in the mix and you're kind of just going about and it's busy and it's easy to make excuses. Um, so I told myself, you know what, when we get back, we're starting regular youth services. We're going to, and I'm just going to like sell myself to this until I leave. And, uh, so yeah, so we're having our first youth service tomorrow night. Um, invited a couple other churches, uh, but it's easy to 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 not take those things seriously and and the one thing that i realize is that the people who really pay for it are the young people uh, unfortunately um and it it wasn't quite as tra- quite as apparent because our church is fairly small in that we don't have a lot of youth and or a lot a lot of young people they're more like hyphen age um really <clears throat> And they were kind of distant and not really, they just kind of came from different areas and were kind of transplanted to our church. And I just did not do anything to foster, to bring that, those relationships together. Uh, it's, you know, maybe you guys have, uh, I, I know Nigel, you, well, and Tim, you as well, you guys both did youth and uh, you, it seems like they flourished with you guys and, I guess I'm personally wondering if you got what kind of pointers you have as far as the one thing I was thinking about and praying about at youth convention was, okay, how can I at 35 years old draw young people to our youth services as far as going out, reaching out to the community? Because I, I, I don't feel completely out of touch, but at the same time, it's kind of, I, I just, I've never been one to like, well, yeah, or just going up and, you know, saying to like some teenagers, you know, uh, hey, you want to come to our church? <laughs> I think, uh, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll let team uh, talk first and then. I guess I think um, as much as, well, first of all, it starts with prayer, of course. Um, right. Because I heard Brother Bernard, I was listening to it thing he did today. He was talking about building a church. He said, if I could build, and he named a denomination, that I could build, he's like, I've learned enough about church planning. I could build a fairly good such and such a denomination church, if that's what I want to do. He's like, but I don't want to just have a group. I want to have a spirit-filled, lives changed, you know, people delivered. And so that has to come from the spirit. And I think that applies to any age range. And so... It it has to start with prayer, and then youth are frustrating. But at least you know where you're at with youth, because it would drive me nuts. But they would always be like, "Oh, I'm bored," or "Oh, this is a dumb game." Well, but then in the good side of it is, I know that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because <laughs> as adults, they won't tell you. They're just not going to yeah. invite their friends. They're they're not going to embarrass right. themselves with youth. So, like, oh, this is dumb. Okay, well, okay, so they're not going to invite their friends. But then they like they will eventually invite their friends if they're getting, you know, fed or having fun or, and sometimes you got to teach on them to invite and you got to explain it and cause they don't think about it. And, 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 and so it, it's a long process, but it does eventually. And, and really for me, the one thing I, I, I don't know for sure. I'm guessing this is the same for adults, but for youth, it works. You don't have to be great. You just have to be there. Because they're so used to being like in everybody's way. Their parents are like, stop talking to me. Leave me alone. Everybody, all their teachers at school, like don't really care about them. They're just like, how, just don't make my day any more stressful than it already is. Basically, keep your head down. I don't want to see or hear your voice unless I ask you a question. And so someone who's like 
how did your test go today? I remember you told me last week and I found like I have a terrible memory, but I learned as I would remember be like, oh, how was your volleyball game on Friday? And like I, they obviously saw that I remembered things about them. So really like for me, and I, I guess every person's different, but for me, when I cared about them and they could see that I cared about them, they would sit through a boring lesson because they knew I cared about them. Um, yeah, and, and do their best to listen. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's that's the line that I would uh, go as well. With me, I, I got involved with young people pretty early uh, in Fiji, and uh, we grew to uh, almost forty young people. I came to uh, Minnesota, was involved with the young people. I came to Texas, was involved with the young people. We had almost like five grew to about 30 or so. Uh, But one thing I do know with every place that I was, if you show genuine love and care, they see that. It doesn't matter if you're not uh, charismatic, you know, youth leader or not. But the the genuine thing is, and Tim just nailed it, where you show that, you are concerned about them. You you want to know about their day. You want yeah. to know about what goes on in their life. And the moment that you earn their trust, they will always bring their need to you because you will become their pastor. You'll become their superhero. You'll become their spiritual leader. And uh, they will want to bring their, their request, their situations, their problems to you. And if if they do that, they will not hesitate inviting other people to yeah. service or church, or because they they will feel like, man, we have an awesome youth pastor that that is you know cares about us, that is there. Um, I, and I also know one thing. Uh, I wish I would have done more of that when I came to Texas. But uh, in Fiji, I had my own place. Uh, in in Minnesota, we did a little bit to invite people in our home. Uh, when you open yourself to the young people and let them see you, your life, and interact with them, uh, man, that just that just takes it yeah. to another level. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, to to say, hey, come on down at come to my home and we'll have some barbecue or we'll we'll play some games, you know. And that just makes makes them connect with you. And yeah, once they yeah. connect, they the, the when you build that momentum, there's nothing that can stop it. They you will be just shocked how that just will flow. Yeah, it's true. I remember we we had kids that would not come to you. Actually when I start when I became youth pastor i don't even know how many kids youth we had in the the church but only like three services in a row it was like two four three like that was normal and we had a lot more youth than that but they just would not come they refused to come to youth service um and it it got better and better kind of gradually but the one thing that probably was more successful than anything else is when um on sunday afternoons after service the kids would come over to our house and sometimes two and a half hours, three hours. Well, it started with one girl and one boy wanted a Bible study. Had never been taught a home Bible study, exploring God's word. So I said, all right, Sunday afternoons, come on. Because they lived like 45 minutes away and they would hang out Sunday anyways. Like, come on over to our house. I'll teach the Bible study. And then somebody else wanted to come. Somebody else wanted to come. It got to where we'd have 13, 14 kids there and... If when if I do a twelve week oh. Bible study, it takes me at least two years. Right. So, <laughs> right. yeah, no, no, not two years. But and then I really yeah. Yeah. focus on questions. I'm like, look, yeah, I have yeah. the material. We can go through it. But if there's something that's really got your interest, that's what I want to focus on. And so, right. I mean, it's like, and if you want teenagers, you get some facts on dinosaurs, right? Especially if you can get them to ask a question about creation. Question. Di- like, yes. oh the, yes, I would I would really recommend kind of getting together some lessons on proofs for creation and stuff because it fascinates them and they'll ask questions and and get answers you know ready and stuff and if you don't know I don't know um, 
they love that stuff. Everywhere I've gone, when I open it up for questions, almost invariably, either there will be a question about dinosaurs or creation evolution or end time. It's like yeah. one of the two. Really? Almost every time, uh, yeah. eventually it gets around to there. And then I did a series on end time. I was actually rushing to finish it up. Like the last service I taught there, I was like finishing up my end time lesson. And so that that's really successful. That was really successful. Um, but yeah, I think too, the, so it's really hard. That To me, it was in the beginning, I was like, and I don't know that I did it the best way. As far as how, so, because I was talking about like, uh, okay, you know, knowing about their volleyball games and their tests, well, how do you know about that? They have to tell you. How do you get them to tell you? For me, like, at first, I literally, every single service, wherever they were standing around talking, I would go to them. We would talk for about five to ten minutes. They would leave. Not all of them. Like, a couple would leave, and then they would be talking somewhere else. I would follow them and go to the other place and talk, like... It was felt so awkward, and I'm not a good conversationalist, (laughs) you know, and I wouldn't, like, force myself. I would try to be paying attention. If they're trying to get away, that's fine. Like, they can have their private conversation, but at least every service, once or twice, I would end up in the middle of, and I picked out the ones that were, like, the influencers, kind of, so, and the talkative ones, because they were the easy ones, like, because I don't have to talk. If they'll talk, then I don't have to talk, um... And so I would just wherever they were, at least two times, like two times after every service, I would go hang out. Now that's a sacrifice because there are other people I wanted to talk to, adults. Mm-hmm. I want to have an adult conversation. But over time, I enjoyed those conversations so much. And, you know, just like one of the families, particularly that just really um, opened up to us and we were able to help um, just. Like the the seeing the the way we were able to affect them, like there's nothing like it. Like if nobody else in the church had listened to anything, it? oh, go ahead. No, no. Who was it at Bible school? One of the instructors. I'm I'm trying. I think it was Brother Hodges, but maybe I'm wrong. But one of the youth leaders that he had had in in the past. I think when they came. He told them for the next next few months, this is your responsibility. I want you to I want you to go to every individual youth and find out what they like to eat, what kind of music they like to hear, what kind of you know food they like to eat, and all of that, and just details, just knowing knowing the young person, you know, and uh, and I think by knowing the young person, you are able to minister to them even more. Uh, effectively, and uh, one of them had said something like that, and I think that is very important because, uh, just like Tim said, a lot of the times they've been pushed away from society, pushed away from families. You know, right. they, they don't. They feel like they're a misfit, and they yeah. they're a group of young people, teenagers that want to have a group. They want to belong somewhere. Yeah. They want to be a team, you know what I mean? They 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 they're so intimidated, they're so self-conscious where if you create that team effort, the group effort that we are a group, you know, this yeah. is this is awakened ministry or this is whatever G force or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Oh, and I hate every <laughs> single youth group name that I've ever heard. Most of them are so dumb. But <laughs> I know, but it just it just gets them that I'm yeah, part of this it does. group, you know. And I mean? if and if it works, and it works for us though, we were just South Bay youth. So I was like, I, we are not gonna be, and it's fine. I'm not. I, it's not a theological. I don't think it really impacts how good the youth group is or not. Right, what name it yeah. is, but it's just just puts them in a group, yeah. you know, and then they, they have a belonging. For sure. And you know, the saying yeah. goes, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, you know. Right. And I think that's the kind of generation we are living in. 
people are sick and tired of promises that uh, everyone has made them and broken the promises. They want to find people that are genuine. If you promise something, that you'll fulfill it. Consistency is the key. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what, that's the one thing that we brought to Granbury young people. You know, their youth group was falling apart, and uh, and when. You know, we were called to be associate pastors here, and when Pastor Stump pulled us aside and asked if you know we could help out with the youth, I said, "Yeah, I love the young people." You know, and uh, come to find out that that was one thing that was uh, not uh, there. You know, people had made promises and broken promises, so basically, the youth group got very disheartened and yeah. didn't want to come to any of the programs that because when you they were told that you're going to have a program and it was canceled so the one thing that i made sure is if we promise something doesn't matter if there's only one person we're yeah. still going to do it you know 100% agree right. yes and you just keep that consistency and the more they see that you're consistent that you care that you're there man the more that they will connect with you and your that youth group will grow man in yeah. jesus yeah. name i prophesy amen. amen in jesus name amen thank you i appreciate that um i don't know if you guys uh read the forward that you guys that we get oh, you guys get that? okay so i think i got canceled or something or maybe it i don't know because i haven't got it in a while but i love those magazines i just got the herald today forwarded from my old yeah, address yeah. i haven't read it yet i don't get the forward either i just uh Really? Yeah. I think all licensed ministers are supposed to I get think one. So. Well, I think they might not have your current address. Wait, speaking well, of I... licensed ministers, guess who just got licensed last night? Who? Javier. He got general. No kidding. Yeah. Really? He's general? Oh, I don't. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I should announce that because I don't think it's been public knowledge. Because I know because my the pastor of the church that I took over is the presbyter, and so he texted me. <laughs> Is so oh, I texted wow. Javi. <laughs> oh, that's right, because they're in Ohio. Yeah, they're in Ohio. Yeah. So that'd be cool. I'll oh, see him at cool. district conference. So that'd be well, cool. Please give me my regards. Yeah. Man. I might and give then, him a call tomorrow. Yeah. And say hey, congratulations. Yeah. He's oh, gonna be like, man. how does everybody know? Javi, <laughs> we are um, proud of you. If you're listening to this, we are so go to- happy, man. And if you're not, if you're not, you should be listening. Yeah, to you this. should be, man. <laughs> Uh, another class of 2011. One, yep, yep, man. One of one of the uh, one of the articles. Oh, in there, sorry. <laughs> uh, was talking about. No, it's okay. Um, it it mentioned a, a statistic that was newer, and I it wasn't quite aware of it. Basically, it said uh, a Gallup poll indicates that 50. percent uh, This is speaking about college students or young young adults. 50 percent of the uh, I think it was like a thousand or five thousand. Uh, people pulled and experienced intense loneliness, and other fifty percent experienced varying degrees of loneliness. So basically, nearly a hundred percent of college and high school students. And I think I was wrong about the 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 scale of the study. I think it was it was a lot more than that. Um, of college and high school students have feelings of depression and anxiety related to loneliness. Yeah. And I think it goes with what you guys are saying so perfectly because that's what they need and he went on in the article to talk about basically how the advancements in technology and in all these things that are supposed to make things better have made things so much worse as far as relationships connections yeah and that's exactly what and he basically says that he feels like that's satan's new attack plan basically is to ride through the wave of technology so facebook Uh, is of the devil is that what he's saying no, not I'm Facebook just kidding. in general. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You mean you mean fake book? Yeah. Fake um, book? No, I and you know, I think too something that I ran across lately, so often we put so much effort into we need to be a friendly church. And you know, my whole life I've thought the importance of friendly being a friendly church. And I heard someone say something, I it would non Pentecostal, I don't remember who, it might have been Chris Hodges. Um, but he said whoever it was said People are not looking for a friendly church. They're looking for a friend. Right. Amen. And so if someone comes into church, they don't want, they don't care if you stand up from the pulpit and recognize them or not. 
you can do every quote unquote friendly church thing. Give them a mug, a, a really special mug that, you know, I don't know, makes coffee in it, whatever. But if they walk in there and walk out and they don't know anybody's name, it's not a friendly church. But if someone comes into a church and, you know, they don't do all the right things as far as they're not recognized from the front, there's no gift, uh, but they meet one person there who they connect with, who, you know, maybe it's a, it's a, a dad and he has, uh, he's a single dad and, and he meets this other dad that he connects with and they're, and they have, by the time he leaves church, He's going to a restaurant with that guy, and they're going to sit down and have lunch together. And then after that, they're going to have coffee. They're meeting for coffee that next Tuesday. He found a friendly church. Mm, and right. that works for youth, too. It's just it needs a person to be friendly for the youth group to then be friendly. And so you can change right. it by one. You know, It applies to youth to adults, I guess, or as I used to call it when I was in youth, I'd call it big church. <laughs> big church. It was actually funny tonight. So... We were doing a lesson, and uh, at the, when we were done, we prayed, and then I was like, all right, you guys are free to go. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I know you're all adults, but last like years, I've been dealing with teenagers, so but it was just kind of funny. I was like, you're all free to go. <laughs> so how, how, did, uh, how did your service go today? Oh, this is your first midweek so service, right? This is our first right? midweek, which they do a, or we do a um, dessert Bible study on uh once a month is basically what it is i just it it was weird all kind of week and then today i couldn't feel anything like direction and uh you know i know there's so many good things in the bible i could teach a lesson on but i just and i kind of started some thoughts and it just was like dead in the water so like what do i gotta do so i even i mean i was driving there i still wasn't sure or no i would not then i was driving i'd gone to the church to study and nothing. I left the church still without anything, going home to get the kids ready like an hour before. I'm like, man. So on the way on the way home, the Lord gave me an idea and we sat down and kind of brainstormed and I didn't know where I was going with it, but just what is the ideal church um, as far as, you know, not trying to like ideal church for us in our setting or anything. Just what is the ideal church some of it biblically, and then some just preference. You know, not just for me. Like, I'm not saying make me an ideal church, but something that would appeal to a large group of people. We we just had made a good long list of that, and about, like, probably 90% of the way through, the Lord gave me the application, and that is um, that, you know, whatever part of the church we feel is lacking— well, the church is made up of people, and it's made up of us. So that's mm-hmm. something we individually should work mm-hmm. on, you know. And so I encourage all of us to really consider and pray and ask the Lord to show us what, you know, one thing that is lacking in the church that I individually can step up. So it really, so we've been, it really went well. But go ahead. Oh, no, it sounds great. Um, it's uh, it's nice if I you know if it's my pastor to know that that you're really desiring God's direction. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, even just a midweek service, right. you know, it's like, and to have that type of uh, transparency about it. But uh, I was wondering how we were we've been talking about youth, uh, how that situation was there as far as what you've noticed. Uh, is there very many young people, or young adults? So we have one family um, with a fourteen-year-old. A I I could get this wrong, and I hope not, but I think a I know a fourteen-year-old, an eleven-year-old, and an eight-year-old. I think, and then my kids, which is two and a half and nine months, and then I a six or seven-month-old baby, and that's the okay. So pretty young. yeah, that's the kids, but. Here's the thing. It is directly next to lower income housing that is filled oh, okay. with kids and friendly kids. And oh, wow. so I don't know what yet because um, I've Bus. never really done Sunday school. Well, we don't need buses. They can walk. I mean, oh, right. we share a lawn. You know what I mean? Oh, so, really? oh, wow. so I really feel like... With the church or with where with you're the church. So oh, literally, okay. we could walk in there and do our bus ministry like 
follow me as we walk to the church, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure exactly, because I've never really been a part of a bus ministry. I've never really been a part of a Sunday school, um, you know, campaign or anything like that. But I, we are talking, we're going to do a back to school something event, probably service, probably like hand out hot dogs or something. I don't know. Um, I've found that parents that are, you know, middle income to lower income tend to kind of let their kid do whatever they want as long as they're getting free food. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just true. It's like, there's some truth to that. They're, they're kind of not too worried about the safety of their kids because they're like, well, they're probably safe to, safe wherever they're going. <laughs> it's really not dangerous. Um, you know, the church doesn't get broken into, cars don't get broken into, so I, there's no shootings or stabbings. I mean, people get in fist fights, but it's, it's not like it's dangerous. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I know that as we get the kids, um, you get the parents, you know. and Preach um, it, Pastor. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're Pastor Lucas now. That's, That's so weird. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am. start the podcast. Well, I was just going to ask, man, how does it feel? What What is the feeling like? Do you feel the responsibility? Um, <sighs> how How's the feeling like? To, Honestly, to it hasn't really hit me yet. Um, mm. I I already know what you haven't had a phone call at two in the morning. Uh, yeah, yet. <laughs> I know already what is going to be the biggest challenge for me, and that is letting other people do things. Just like because today something happened and somebody's like, well, I could stop by and, and you know pick that up for you, and it's like, no, 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 I'll I'll do it. And it, like after that's like, wait, that's something they could have done and been involved in ministry, you know, and so yeah. I am going to have to be very careful because I'm I'm not not that I think I can do it better. It's just I don't want to inconvenience you, you know. Right. And so just the personality. Yeah. I, I but I I had the thought pop in my head. Ideally, it should get to the point where anything anyone else can do, somebody else does it. I think when we look at the biblical model, ideally now it would take a church of fairly large size before you could get to this point. But right. ideally the pastor does nothing, but as far as organiza- or uh, you know, responsibilities at the church, but pray, study, preach and minister mm-hmm. the word. So you could say that is counseling. Some would say that that's part of, you know, ministering the word. Um, I think you could make that argument. But that's all they do. Now, yeah. obviously, that's an ideal that I, I don't know any church except maybe like POA. Well, I but. think pastoring, you know, they really, they really, you know, compare obviously to shepherding. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of the hard things is that you, you're involved in their lives. That's, that is true. You know, with, with, for the big things, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, I mean, that's how Brother Hodges has his church set up, yeah, right? Obviously. I mean, you know they they have the like the the sub leaders or whatever that deal with like the little things and if they have something that doesn't it, something needs to go past them yeah. to brother Hodges and that's I mean I don't know I I don't go to the church but that I remember that he called it the Jethro yeah. model so that's what he taught at ABI and I'm assuming that's what he does at to, his yeah church. to to an extent yeah um and of course that's different the church we have here. Easter Sunday, actually, we didn't take attendance. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's something we should probably start doing. I don't know. Maybe somebody else does it, and I just didn't know. But it was probably about 40 to 45. And so that's, that's significantly different good... setting. No, it's not. I, I yeah. you know, that's a good good group. Of course, I don't know for sure how many are going to be here next Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, so you can't really judge a church based on Easter Sunday in my book. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. The group, I think, is a very good group. You know, and I know you're never going to see a problem person come out the first week. Um, so maybe there's problem people. I don't know. I don't think so. But even if there is, there's a lot of really good people, not just neutral people, but really good people that have a heart to minister and want to see the church grow. So the Sunday, our Easter service, before service, they had like um, an hour of just breakfast and fellowship. And, uh, which is one thing I think they do very, that I like is that they're used to doing church around food. And I'm like, man, I, <laughs> I told him, I was like, look, Pentecost comes from the Greek word that basically means to eat. 
And <laughs> thankfully, they all got the joke. They realized I wasn't being serious. Um, oh, but wow. but pretty much, essentially, you know, I was like, that's, what, that's right. how the early church did it. And I think that's mm-hmm. how we should do it. First thing we see the church doing after, um, you know, heaven comes, eating, having a marriage supper of the Lamb. Chapel, yeah. Um, so... so- no, but so anyway, you- so oh, so at that, at that, when we were having that breakfast, um, a couple of different people, I overheard them kind of jokingly talking about, oh, well, you know, we're gonna, which wall are we gonna tear down when we have too many people, or where are we gonna build this and that? And so, yes, I know it's a joke, but I love that that's already in their mind mm. to even joke about, and they're not, they're not. I've not encountered anybody that's been um, change resistant or growth resistant and actually so this is something i guess that i'll share with you guys that i've been encouraged by my dad and he's been taught is that when you go into a new place you don't change anything for six months Mm -hmm. unless the pastor was unfaithful and you know the person who's unfaithful with is still there and they're in in a a position of authority i don't know some crazy scenario yeah outside of something like that You know, you don't change anything, even if everybody wants it changed. And even the pastor right. before wanted it changed and just didn't get around to it. You just don't change anything. And then after six months, you change something small. And then after a year, you change something a little bigger. It's like, I've told people, I like, I'm really not planning on changing things right away. And and both of the kind of keep, it seems like so far, I've talked to a couple of the influencers. They're both like, well, I hope you don't follow that advice. And it's like, they're wanting change. Not that they don't like what was done. They're they're very the they love the former pastor. Um, they he did a great job, and they they respect him and honor mm-hmm. him. But they want to grow, and so I love that attitude mm-hmm. that they that they have a good because normally if people want change, it means they don't like what was before. But these these people aren't like that. They're just you know, right, and so right. I love it. Um, I just I love the atmosphere, and I do know I'll. Something I my dad always point out, and I saw this in like aim workers. When you go to a new place, you typically like are in the honeymoon stage for like six months, and you just think nothing's wrong about it. The city is the best city on the face of the earth. The church, like I mean, they are all literal angels. And then after six months, you're like, you hate the place, and you think it is like the devil's pit, you know. And then after about <laughs> another six months, and the, the actual time frame varies, and then eventually you get to kind of a middle of the road, be like. There's some things they do here that don't make sense. There's some things that are okay. And you kind of get that normal sense of balance. Um, so maybe it's just that honeymoon stage right now. But man, I love this church and love the place. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think it's a good, good start, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think the Lord's going to do that. And I told him. I told him today. I was like, look, you know, the city, 18,000. Biblically, if the Lord had his way, mm-hmm. that means within the city... There would be not necessarily in one church, but of truth preaching churches, eighteen thousand members, because it says that he ha- he would will none perish, right? You know, and obviously we know that that's not going to happen biblically. But if you know, and I don't know, I've never got this number from anywhere. It's just something I've always had in my mind that you know, ten percent is the tithe, and so is it really like that big of a stretch to imagine ten percent of a population of a city being saved not really so i've always just been like well why not 20 percent? that's kind of tithe offering in a little bit you know so i told him, i was like look 20 percent of the city population has 3600 that's and i told him, i was like that's my goal for our church is 3600 <laughs> you know yeah, and not necessarily preach faith not necessarily big. in yeah. a year but why not at 20 percent? is it really like do i really think out of 10 people with truth presented to them, only two of them are going to pick it. Like, I really think that we have the yep. best thing on the face of the planet. And when it's presented biblically mm-hmm. in love, that, I mean, two out of 10, I don't think that's crazy numbers. No. no, um, no, no. You know, maybe, I don't know. Then that's not even counting the working of the spirit. I just, I mean, I just think we got a great thing. Right. And if, if we got a great thing, then people are going to want it. So. Amen. So are you Amen. on your own right now, or Brother Frake? Still, no. He's uh, he's well. He's going to be back this coming Sunday because his granddaughter is being dedicated. Oh, but okay. officially, I mean, I pulled into town Thursday. They had already had a business meeting, making me the pastor as soon as I pulled into town. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I think they had had it the Sunday before. 
And it was, oh, wow. it, so that vote was not effective. I guess in theory, I could have turned around and it never, but you know, the moment I crossed city or city limits, I became pastor. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow. oh, and, um, yeah, because when we first started talking, it was going to be a little bit lengthier transition. And uh, somewhere in there, that transition period just kind of disappeared. And it's okay. I, I don't feel like I was tricked or anything like that. Um, but it certainly isn't what we originally um, expected. But right. I, I think I think the Lord knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you've been always the uh, kind of person that leads, you know, let the, lets the Lord lead him and uh, you, you follow God's direction and you know that God has it all in control, you know what I mean? And I think that's just a very strong point of yours where you, you depend on the Lord and his direction. It doesn't matter how hard things are and how stressful things are. If I know one thing about you, that's that's a strong point of yours. Well, thank you. But... You know, it's kind of cool. This is something that the Lord shared with me a while back, and I actually used it in, in a sermon. My last sermon at um, San Diego, and then I preached the same scripture and thought, but different message at ABI. And um, basically, I guess the, the one line is that faith, you know, faith it can kind of be a confusing, ambiguous term. But really, faith can be defined as when you do what you would do, if you actually believed what you know to be true. Mm. So I know that the righteous are never forsaken and their seed never are begging for bread. I know that doesn't mean I feel it, but I know it. And so what would my action be if I actually believed that, you know, and what, and so Uh sometimes you don't feel it. You don't believe it. But you just do what you would do if you believed what you know to be true, and that's faith. Because faith is an action. Faith is always tied to an action in the Bible. Um, right. So, but I'm not going to re-preach my message. It's so easy. Us preachers, once we start sharing a thought, we want to preach our message because, like, we're excited about it. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, We're excited to yeah, hear it. Yeah, Maybe next time. Hear. Although we're, we're at an hour and 12 minutes, what God I don't know. what doing in your life, man, and uh, the journey that you guys are taking that's awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 And you know what I'm excited for, though? The next big thing is General Conference, where we yeah. all get to see each other, and we can record live. Oh, oh, that would be awesome. Speaking of which, I can't believe I didn't say this. You know who else I got to see? Ooh. The Jenny and The Alex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went to uh, Mall of America together, and I actually planned on, like, taking a, a video of us and then posting it to the Facebook page, but I forgot. So, but anyways, yeah. She can be, or they can be on our I was going to mention. On our podcast when we were all at Jump yeah. Conference. Yeah. I mentioned that because I just booked the hotel. Oh, cool. Uh, just yesterday. Janine okay. did yesterday or the day before. Yeah, I think okay. I'll bu- I was so, booked yeah, as well. Now, did you guys... It's all coming Ryan, did together. Did you guys book at the same hotel we're booked at? Yeah, comfort. Yeah, okay. yeah I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah, and we have... Uh, it's just going to be us and, and Micah. So oh, okay. Silas and Asher won't be there. Oh, that's uh, sad, but... For this trip. I, I understand. They'll be staying with Grandma and Grandpa. I certainly would be able to get more out of general conference without my kids. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. But. Oh man. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be so oh, fun. Man. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have two weeks oh, off. Nice. So I'm, I'm just kind of pumped for that. Have that's you ever awesome. been, was the last time you were at general conference was when you were in school? Yeah, it was in, it was in uh, Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. For me. Too. No, 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 not in St. Louis. I think that, was that the last time I went? No, it was in Illinois once. It was one of the times that it was in, in Illinois. Uh, okay. Not Illinois, but um, in St. Louis. You know, they, I think they had yeah. it there for like three. Yeah, yeah. I think okay, I went yeah. to the first. I think I went to the first okay. year they had it there. Okay. We drove there with Trevor and Lindsay, and actually, uh, Trevor Lund, and uh, he's preaching at Torch. Yes, I saw that. Heard that. He's, he's oh, the okay. replacement for Nigel. <laughs> they got yeah, tired man. of Nigel. Yeah. They're like, we have to find our. Our alum, our recent <laughs> alumni replacement. Man, they've chose a good yeah. one. I'm, I'm all for <laughs> yeah, it. I, I did. I like great Trevor. Great guy. I for love sure. Trevor and his yeah. family. Yeah. 
Well, we need to wrap this up. This has gone on long enough. We'll see how much I can edit out to <laughs> pare this down because this is a going to be a long one otherwise. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what people think. About I know. This. Yeah, <laughs> please let us know because if this is as dumb as it kind of feels to me right now, I'd really like you to let me know. Yeah. Um, so we don't I do think it again. Some, some good things but have come out of it. They did. Know, they did, and it was fun. This is fun for me. Yeah. I just don't know how fun it is to listen to. So if people like this, right. that'd be great. Cause I had a blast, but yeah, um, me too. It was nice to touch base and catch up with you guys. Yes, for sure. After after leaving you, leaving you guys hanging. A couple of episodes. <laughs> a couple. I thought it was three, but I mean, who's <laughs> counting? <laughs> I'm just kidding. only last episode. Okay, I don't remember. That he was there for the one, that one actually. Too, which I we haven't even released it. We, yeah. Um, but that being said. Thank you guys for listening so much. Why don't you head on over to Facebook if you haven't already liked the page. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of interacting on there. We're going to try to interact more and uh, ramp that up a little bit. Uh, we do have a Twitter also that now that I'm getting settled, I'll try to ramp up again. And until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast. That was a lot of fun, guys.